Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Let's talk about the actual book itself. Um, the bookends of the Christian life. Obviously, even what I love about it is even in the title, you can tell it's like it's it's an illustration. It's mm-hmm. based on an illustration. So tell us the illustration okay. as a whole, and then let's dive into the specifics of uh, the content. So it's a metaphor for the entire Christian life. And the books are all the stuff that you do. It's all your activities, the the way you use your time, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the feet on the ground part of your, of your daily life. And the idea is that your books need to be in between two bookends. The first bookend is the righteousness of Christ. And the second bookend is the power of the Holy Spirit. The righteousness of Christ is another way of saying the gospel. And, um, it's a particular aspect of the gospel that is not emphasized enough, um, but it's it's all there in, in Christ's own righteousness in being obedient to come to this earth you know, after being sent by his father and then to voluntarily step into our skin. Okay, that was obedience. That's right. The righteousness of Christ starts right there. It, it continues with his sinless life, but his sinless life and his righteousness is in our place as our substitute. So the first bookend is the righteousness of Christ as a way of saying the gospel, the good news of the righteousness of Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit, you could say the power of Christ, the power of God. We chose to say the power of the Holy Spirit because in the, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit's role is to apply the power of the gospel to our lives. So um, in the book, when it get, switches to the second book and right off the bat, it explains you know, why we chose to call it the power of the Holy Spirit. But it turns out that, you know, our books are in between. And if we fail to rely on, okay, so the key is these books are leaning, right? Leaning and relying on these two bookends. And if the bookends fail to control <laughs> those books, they fall off the shelf. So if you if you are out there, you know, living the Christian life in your own righteousness or trying to live the Christian life in your own power, you're going to fall off the shelf just like I did and fell off my face. It fell on my face, you know, which led to all kinds of things. The culmination in my life was divorce. You know, I mean, just uh, the total failed marriage, you know, sin just got out of control. I lost my way. Well, the book was falling off the shelf, you know. And that's why, you know, um, when Jerry first, you know, talked about this and uh, revealed this little simple metaphor, it's why it meant so much to me. But yeah, so we got when that when that happened, um, the the time when did Jerry come into your life right at the time when you were still kind of um, overcoming uh, the that failure of the, you know, you're still processing or still. Well, no. So um, in two, in uh, 1997 is when I got divorced and remarried. 
to my current wife, by the way, we've just celebrated 25 years of marriage, uh, Amy and I, um, my second marriage. Um, but no, I had uh, first been introduced to, to the gospel, not, not the way I did with, not the way that happened with Jerry, but um, it had happened about a year or two earlier. Is the first time I, I well, it was a book by John Piper called Desiring God that really kind of woke me up. And I'm like, something, you know, something's really wrong here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think you and I met in the wake of that. And then I, you know, we yeah. started reading some good books. And then, yeah, so I, I, I kind of had a hint, you know, but I didn't, it did not really all come together until I heard this series of messages, um, these two messages actually on the bookends. And then from there, but yeah, the, you know, again, legalism, you know, if your listeners struggle with approaching God saying, you know what, God, you owe me because guess what I did? You know, I didn't do this. Oh, I did do this. I gave, I served, or I, you know, I I had my quiet time. And so you got to bless me. Okay. That's self-righteousness. Okay. Um, the other side of that coin is persistent guilt, where it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to run around with a hangdog look because of my guilt, because, you know, the, the, the righteousness of Christ is, is great, but you know what? It's not quite enough. I got to add my own righteousness to it. And since I failed to add my own righteousness, you know, uh, I've got to bear my own guilt and my guilt bearing savior didn't bear it all. I got to bear some of it myself. That's a form of self-righteousness. And uh, your partner, Jim Reske, knows this very well from his illustration. Same thing that he has a little bit different way of different illustration. But um, you could fit that right into the bookends. And so um, when we understand that his righteousness is all sufficient, it's, it's all we need. And we connect to the righteousness of Christ by faith. And if you don't believe me, take a look at Philippians 3, 9 through 11, and you'll see, you know, that... Um, we don't, we don't bring anything. He brings it all. And then we attach the, the, the hand that connects us to the righteousness of Christ is faith in Christ. Amen. And so that's how we make it our own. And, um, Amen. so I, I, uh, so, I got off. so what was, where were oh, we? So, well, um, let's, let's, uh, let's dive into the, the, uh, actual chapters and you have the, you have the list of chapters explain yeah, yeah. the the table of contents and how the book is structured. And if you want, you can walk us through each chapter, be careful, Bob, when you're sliding your papers over your laptop, I, it's, it's hitting your mic. Oh. Um, so okay. either just don't slide them or, um, <laughs> okay. you know, um, I'm a rookie podcaster. What can I say? It's okay. It's okay. Those are real sounds. I mean, my dog might bark any minute, so you know who knows. Um, but yeah, let's let's explain how the book is structured. Yeah. So there's five chapters on, in part one, the the first book and the righteousness of Christ, and then there's five chapters in part two, the second book and the power of the Holy Spirit. So uh, chapter one is the righteousness of Christ. This is where Jerry wrote just to establish what is the righteousness of Christ. I kind of went into that a minute ago. And then the motivation of the gospel. Okay, this begins, chapter two, this begins how the gospel changes us. And and if there's anything that I've, that's pretty consistent about my life, and that is I have so much gratitude for the gospel and specifically the price that it took to bring this righteousness to Bob Bevington. 
It took an infinite price. You can't write a check to bring the Son of God out of heaven, okay, to, to go on a cross and die for your sins. I mean, the, the, the value of his blood cannot be calculated. The, the value of his blood, it, it can't even be conceived how, how, how costly, how, how uh, beyond imagination it is. And so when I see that that is what brought me into this righteousness, I got gratitude for that. It motivates me. And then it sets me free because the pressure to perform and my, you know, white white knuckle willpower that fails in and of itself when it's not connected to the second bookend, but I begin to see that that his righteousness is all sufficient for me. It it, it changes everything. Now, then there's two gospel enemies under the first bookend, though. The first gospel enemy is self-righteousness. The second is persistent guilt. I got ahead of myself and mentioned that a little bit ago. But um, these are antithesis of the gospel. When we approach God and we say, hey, you know, look at me, okay? <laughs> look what I bring to the table. You know, we don't bring nothing to the table. You think you bring something to the table, it's a lie. Because um, if you bring any, look, you can't even breathe. You, 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 your heart doesn't beat without him. Okay. If you have any, if there's any truth, it's the truth that he's provided. If there's any strength, it's the strength that he's provided. So um, we have to be on our guard against gospel enemy, number one, self-righteousness. And then the, it's flip side, which is persistent guilt. They're both made out of the same stuff. I'm not, I'm good enough. I'm not good enough. Both of them are wrong. Mm. The truth is he's good enough. He's good enough. And he's, he's good enough in a way that um, is so reliable and doesn't change. And when he said it is finished, he meant it, you know? So um, those are the two gospel enemies under the first bookend. And then the chapter five is just leaning on the first bookend. In other words, how to apply it. How to apply it to our lives um the this this little book has got you know that that's like the practical application of these ideas is in chapter five and then in chapter 10 leaning on the second book end so yeah so what's what's one of the takeaways in chapter five like one of the practical practical steps and by the way i just want to back up and say uh you know jim and i talk a lot on this podcast that the default setting of the human heart is self-justification we are constantly trying to it, it's in every human being we want to justify ourselves so yeah. and it's all about self-centeredness it's all about it's all about us yeah. and you really don't understand the gospel um if you're if you're kind of trapped in that and so many people go into christianity like they they understand okay i need a savior i can't save myself because maybe they're feeling that guilt um but then they go right back to that self-justification as far as their... It's our default mode. Yeah, the Christian life. And so so they live their Christian life, and they're radically self-centered Christians. This is why um, you have to preach the gospel to yourself every day. And to get to your the answer to your question, there's three focal points in Chapter 5, leaning on the first bookend, meaning the practical app. Leaning means dependence, reliance on, okay? The first focal point is seeing ourselves as desperately lost sinners, 
if you don't see yourself as a desperately lost sinner, then you don't see the truth about yourself because that's what you are. That's what I am. That's what we all are. We're desperately lost in and of ourselves without the first bookend. Focal point number two, seeing the righteousness of Christ as all sufficient for us daily. Okay, that's where preaching the gospel, the good news of this righteousness of Christ, that's where that comes in. But seeing is all sufficient. And then the uh, third is seeing and rejecting other functional saviors, other things that we rely on. And there's a little, uh, about a 10 uh, fill in the blank quiz to help you identify your quote unquote functional saviors. But guess what can't save you? And uh, that that's in, in that section there. And um, and then there's some little stories and stuff in there. But I, I think that, um, yeah, the, the whole first bookend is covered in about 50 pages. So that, that was, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot more to it than, than that. I mean, you can go on and on. But um, if you want something really succinct about it, you can't really get much more succinct without losing some essential points. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the second half of the book. Yeah. So you got the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, the first is, you know, Jerry in chapter six just lays it out. Here's what we mean by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, the Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit's a person. And that's important. Right. This is a personal God. A lot of times we think, personal, like, we, think like, we think about being a Jedi or something. Use the force. Don't don't you dare call the Holy Spirit an it. Okay. It's a it's a he. It's a him. And because he's a person. And so um, this personal power, you know, that's that's transferred to us by faith. By the way, again, faith is what connects us to the power of the Holy Spirit. We connect to it by faith in him as a person, just like the righteousness of Christ. We connect by faith in the Son of God as a person. Okay, so then chapter 7, this, this, this is one that Jerry wrote called Dependent Responsibility. And this is where a lot of people get hung up over what do we do, what does he do? You know, what's our part, what's his part? And what you'll read in there is that we're 100% dependent and we're 100% responsible. Mm-hmm. It's not that sounds a, like that, that sounds like the hypostatic union of Christ that he was 100% man and 100% God. It's like yeah. mind blowing. It's just like Psh. yeah, oh yeah, and it's and this is you know applying to us. You know, it's it's not like it's a 50-50 synergism. It's it's a hundred percent, hundred percent, and so I think that's a very helpful uh, chapter. Then chapter eight, I wrote, is the help of the divine encourager. I'm going to turn to these pages real quick because I think there's three. By the way, I I wrote this and this was published in 2009. So um, I haven't actually gone back and read read it other than to put a a seminar and everything together. But uh, life changing gratitude for purchased grace. I think I mentioned that idea a minute ago. And then the expulsive power of a new affection. And this comes from Thomas Chalmers, very famous uh, 19th century sermon by that same title. Um, And then there's one more. Oh, yeah, the promises of God. So those are the ways that the divine encourager, meaning the Holy Spirit, these are the ways that his help comes to us. 
Um, and then the gospel enemy number three, which is chapter nine, self-reliance, Greg. Self-reliance is evil. You know, we're never meant to rely on ourselves. But yet, doesn't our culture teach us that? Doesn't our culture celebrate self-reliance? You know, the more, you know, I'm a self-made man, all this stuff. You know, hey, did we did we forget how fragile we are? Did we forget that, you know, in and of ourselves, you know, there's no good thing. And so self-reliance is uh, an enemy. It's a gospel enemy. It's not good news. It's not what we should strive for. We should, we should strive for dependence on one person only, one being only, the being of the triune God in three persons. Every, every one of us was made to be dependent on him. And anything else we're dependent on, including ourselves, is we're trusting in a lie. We're trusting in something or someone that can't save us. So anyway, that's chapter nine. Then chapter 10, again, is leaning on the second bookend. And um, let me see what that was. Oh yeah, this has three focal points also. Our desperate weakness in, in uh, applying the, the second bookend, the reliable power of the Holy Spirit, how reliable he really is, and then the rejection of self-reliance. So those are the points that the book ends on. And then the conclusion is the bookend's personal worldview. In other words, seeing life through these two lenses, the, you know, the righteousness of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, we, and we really found that Jerry and I began to talk in bookend's language, like when we talked to each other. And then we realized that it had become a worldview. That's and, cool. And we really can see everything in life. And, and it kind of makes sense because the metaphor is all the books are all you know the things you do that are leaning and um and so that that's how the book ends i like how since you're an eye doctor man you really <laughs> you understand yeah. the power of different lenses and and uh um as you look back on that on that book is there is there a, ch a chapter you would add or anything you would change no, about it? no but i will say this you know jerry very famously said that in his book that sold over two million copies the pursuit of holiness that that there's a chapter that he wished unri yeah let's talk chapter. about that let's talk about that because he's not here to yeah to yeah. interview did you, did you know what it is? i've told you this before i, I think. know i know what it is i know what it yeah. is yeah guess and, what it uh, is it's it's it, this book it's this this is his chapter that he wished that he had included at the end of uh, the person explain the why explain why I think it's because he was afraid that people could misconstrue this pursuit of holiness as being a, uh, you know, kind of a willpower thing or, or something that uh, you can make happen and that you can, you know, pursue this holiness. You know, I mean, look, anybody who's tried to pursue holiness in a, you know, apart from these two bookends, I guarantee they haven't gotten very far. If they think they have, they're deluded. And I'm not just... I mean, I, look, I'm deluded too. I mean, I, I'm the number one person I'm preaching to in this book and anything that comes out of my mouth. I mean, I know it applies to me, right? And so I think he felt like, you know, he didn't say anything wrong in the book. He just didn't complete it to really show that it's this gratitude for the gospel. It's his gratitude for this 
gratuitous grace, this righteousness of Christ that we stand in, this power of the Holy Spirit that enables us. And um, that, that point didn't come across. And, and so he said, if you could just take this book and squeeze it in one chapter, he'd pop it into the, the, uh, the back of that book. Was there, was there all of his other books, by the way, every one of his other books, other than trusting God, which is on the sovereignty of God, all of his gospel books would, would also fit the bill, you know, mm. for, for the chapter he wished he'd had written. Do you have any idea if it was ever really a serious consideration? Because I'm guessing the publisher, the pursuit of holiness, would consider a re. Uh, what do you call? It? What do you call it when you when you add something to a book? Uh, like republish a, it or re. Sequel, you mean? Or um, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, pursuit of holiness too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, do you know if that was ever in the works? No, not that I know of. No, he I, just I wanted to do independent. It independent um yeah independent books it was nav press's first really successful book and then they published other than the two that jerry co-authored with me as a co-author through crossway all of his books were published by nav press and if you look at books like transforming grace that titled um the one i mentioned before the transforming power of the gospel uh the discipline of grace all of these books hit it you know hit hit that it just doesn't say that um because you know it's kind of hard to recall all the books that you know he had a couple you know, a million books out there right know, i think maybe that's why I, they, they might have talked about it i don't know it's it's an interesting question well in this last few minutes uh before we wrap things up let's talk about um you know you had this um so you've written five books is that right yeah, I, I wrote a book with Joe Coffey called Red Like Blood. It's like his memoir combined with mine. He's a pastor's kid who became a pastor, and I'm a prodigal come home. And so it's interesting. Each, we each write half of the, each chapter, and what's, you know, it's on a theme. Each chapter's on a theme. But coming from where he's coming from and coming from where I'm coming from, we both end up at the same place. Guess where it is? The cross. That's cool. And that's that was a little bit of a takeoff of the blue like jazz. Yeah, we were trying to be an answer to blue like jazz. And you know what? There's another one out there called brown like coffee. Oh, is it? Have you ever you never heard of that one? Brown like coffee. It's another kind of intriguing book. It's it's uh, Ah. um, it's it's an easy read, but it's not as good as uh, red like blood. That's for sure. I was going to say the subtitle is confrontations with grace. Hmm. That you know, it's just not warm fuzzy all the time. You know, sometimes it's really hard stuff. Yeah, and, and I like that whole idea you mentioned earlier that grace is costly, like costly grace. Grace, right. we we think of grace as like, oh, it's just a free gift. Oh, you know, but it, it we hit part of the part of like really letting the gospel go deep in your heart is understanding the cost of yes. grace, because yes. then you're just filled with gratitude. Comes at a, an infinite price. So then. um I also, by the way, that was published by Shepherd Press in 2011. And then I wrote a book on spiritual warfare called The Good News About Satan, A Gospel Look at Spiritual Warfare is a subtitle. And that was published by Cruciform Press, I think in 2015. And then I spent five years writing a book. I eventually, yeah, there it is. I eventually um, self-published this book called Regarding Jesus, which I mentioned is no longer available other than I could, Anybody that wants a PDF copy, I can give it to them. I'm not sure where that's going to go, but um, um, that's kind of you know where my 
so-called writing career is as of this moment. I'm not sure what's next. Yeah. I'd, yeah. To, I'd like to write a book on dying to self, actually. That's that's where my eyes are riveted now in the scriptures, the blessings of, of dying to self. And by the mm -hmm. way, Judy wrote a book called The Blessings of Humility. It's on the Beatitudes. And that book's available uh, available from Nav Press. That's interesting. Oh, so I wanted to let's let's talk about the relationship with with Jerry Bridges and how um, what it was like for you, like when he passed away or when you realized, like, oh, my gosh, oh. I'm going to lose my friend. And then oh. what it was like the the few months and weeks after he passed away, how um, the impact, you know, he had on your life. Well, if any of your listeners want to really um get an answer to that question. I spoke at his memorial service and it's on YouTube, Jerry Bridges Memorial Service. The whole thing's on there, by the way. He had some wonderful people speak uh, at it. But in uh, my uh, talk that I gave, I had, a, I had an excerpt of a voicemail that I saved. My last conversation on the phone with him, it was a voicemail. He had actually left me a, 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 a message, you know, what do you call it? A voicemail, yeah. Yeah, do you still have it? Yeah, yeah. And so I played it. I actually had it put into the audio visual, you know. And oh. Yeah, and he, he talked about how, you know, he, I mean, he was old. I mean, he was like 86 years old, right? So he, you know, he knew that, you know, he was getting close. And although he wasn't sick, he kind of died suddenly. But um, he he talked about, you know, he knows he's not his own. He's been bought with a price. That's what he said. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. And he was he was talking about in the context of it that's not in the recording, a, a, a problem, a, a, a trial he was going through, something that was disturbing to him, and um, and that was his conclusion. It was just a beautiful surrender to God, you know, of 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 this angst and all you know all of the the um, conflict you know that he was experiencing right up you know to the end he was a really 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 peaceful guy so any kind of disturbance you know really rattled oh well, it didn't rattle his faith it just it hurt you know and uh so at any rate in the wake of him passing um you don't replace a guy like that in your life right so it's just been a void for me you know to be honest with you um, I, I just so grateful that I had him in my life, you know, for those years and, uh, some 15 or 16 years, I think it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, very, very close, like a father, you know, a mentor, yes, but a father, a teacher, you know, a, a prayer partner, someone, you know, I could tell him anything, you know and um sometimes you talk to him like on a daily basis right sometimes yeah sometimes I mean, he he traveled all around the world he wanted me to be praying for him when he spoke and if he spoke in australia he wanted me praying during the time that he was actually speaking so he'd make he'd take pains to tell me what time it was going to be you know and i'm like i'm thinking to myself doesn't the lord if i if i pray right now won't it still count right <laughs> Right. You couldn't tell him that, you know, he wanted to, he wanted the assurance you're praying while he's speaking, you know, that's pretty cool because I remember uh, a similar story with Billy Graham, like Billy Graham had these uh, two women, I think that started it and probably grew from there, but 
that they they nobody knew nobody ever knew who they were because they were never at the crusades they were never up front but they were in a hotel room praying during his crusades and they tra followed him around and um so i wonder if jerry kind of picked it up from from there but that's 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 pretty cool so you felt a void when he um when he passed away um but the the truths that he shared with you and obviously the truth of the gospel itself has never left you and you've never you never had a faith struggle since he passed have you well not not in the sense you're probably referring to i mean i right now you know my faith struggle is what does it really mean to apply Philippians to, you know, have this mind in yourselves as well as so in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say how he, he just let, let go. He let go of his equality with God, his privileges and prerogatives of being equal with God. He took the form of a servant. He was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. I mean, he humbled himself, right? And this is where I still, you know, where my struggle is, is still pride, still, you know, self, um, centeredness and how do you put that to death and i think jerry knew that i think you know these books that we've talked about of his and the ones i've shared with him um it sets the groundwork but um what i'm where, where i'm at is not a not a, um, a crisis of faith other than just how can my faith really go deeper and really change me at a deeper level you never get a, past this you never get past these bookends everything is going to be within these two bookends that's why this book is so foundational but you know now it's like what does it really mean you know jesus said if anyone would come after me let him deny himself daily take up his cross and follow me you know what you know that isn't a, a verse that people like gravitate to because it's all warm and fuzzy that book sounds pain i mean that verse sounds painful so um you know, am I going to write a book on that? I don't know. I better figure out how to apply it myself first. <laughs> and it's hard, you know. You, you know, you think that dying is one of the easiest things a person can do is die, you know. But you know, not when you know this this self centeredness, you know, wants to rear its ugly head all the time. And you know, um, anyway, that's kind of my current, um, you know, study, my current focus. And and I don't. I have books to help me, you know, right. Um, but I don't have people so much to help me. I mean, if you know, maybe you can help me. I, I appreciate any help you can provide on that. Uh, if someone were to ask you, what were your top five books? Or would, you, would you be able to like name them right off the top of your head? Glory of Christ by John Owen, number one. Uh, number two, Communion with the Triune God, the Crossway version. It's by John Owen, but it's edited by... Justin Taylor and Kelly Capick. Um, I would put George Smeaton's book, The Apostles' Doctrine and the Atonement, there. Um, so, uh, all, you know, three old dead guy books, right? The Letters of John Newton, I'd put in there. There's, you know, that's a fourth. Um, I've been reading Andrew Murray's book on humility. Um, I'm, I'm rereading it. Uh, you know, another old dead guy book. <laughs> I love Piper's books. I love Keller's books. I love Jerry's books. Right. There's All a lot of them. great, there's a lot oh. of great, a lot of great resources out there, but Piper. Oh, I, I got to mention one more. So yeah, uh, go for it. Yeah. Martin Lloyd Jones, um, the assurance of our salvation. It's 628 pages. 
on 26 verses of the Bible known as John chapter 17. Okay, this is an unbelievable life-changing book, The Assurance of Our Salvation by Martin Lloyd-Jones. Wow. Now, see, what I was going to say is these guys, John Piper and Tim Keller, who I'm, I'm, you know, really appreciating, they've impacted my life a lot. They mentioned the guys you, the guys you just mentioned, they, they refer to them a lot. So they're all, the all standing, we're all standing on the shoulders of, of giants, you know, uh, who've come before us. Well, Bob, if people are interested in uh, getting in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, there is a website. It's called bobbevington.com. And it talks about, you know, I'm an optometrist, entrepreneur, consultant, author. It has little tabs for different things. It's not that up to date. I don't really do social media, Greg. I've got a Facebook with, you know, you know I don't even know who these people are. So I don't really do that. I, I don't do Twitter. I think I have an account. But yeah, Bob at BobBevington.com is my email address. And then BobBevington.com is that website. So they can they can uh, contact me through BobBevington.com if they like. That's great. Well, Bob, thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, today. This is this was a this was awesome. It's going to be on um, publishing two different episodes. We're going to break it in half, and then I'll I publish uh, the first half on a Monday, then the second half on Wednesday, and then I publish the whole thing on Friday. So, oh. um, uh, but thanks for being a guest with us, and thanks uh, for those of you listening. We have listeners from all over the world, Bob, from Australia, Spain. Uh, it's 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 the thing that excites me the most about this podcast is that is the people that are listening from different countries um mm. african countries european countries um you know sometimes china um you know muslim countries so it's you know some people probably never even heard of this book and they may just go out on the internet and find it because of this conversation the way the, the book is available in Korean, they, they, they published the book in Korean and I think Italian. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And then Jerry and I did an audio book of it where he read his part and I read my part. I think that audio book is available. Or maybe Tim Challies read it. On audible.com? Yeah. So, well, I think you can get it on, um, I think you can connect through Amazon. I, I don't know, but there is an audio book of it. I forget. I'm starting to think that maybe Tim Challies read that, but, uh, no, it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah. Kindle is another form that, you know, if people want a digital version of it. That's I'm thinking about your overseas people that, you know, might be hard to get this book shipped. Um, but they can get Kindle versions of it, uh, and audio version if they're, if they're English speaking. So, yeah. Yep. Well, I hope you check it out. Um, if you're listening, I hope you, uh, We'll read the bookends of the Christian life by Bob Bevington. Thanks, Bob, for being on the show. And by Jerry Bridges um, and Bob Bevington. Yeah. That's right, Jerry Bridges too. By the way, feel free to edit out any stupid stuff I said. Okay, so no, you don't need okay. my. Turn. Just go ahead and edit it out. I'll do that. I I don't think you said any <laughs> stupid stuff this time, but last time we were on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com stay tuned for our next episode and remember on your worst days you're never beyond the reach of god's grace and on your best days you're never beyond the need of god's
God's grace. See you next time.